this episode of the journey from dude to dad i'm kyle mickle and my dad is the host his name is mike and he is far from being a dude he's been a dad for 21 years he has me to thank for that he's joined by his friend kevin walker who is also pretty far removed from dudeness after all he's so old he went to college with my mom anyway they definitely know about dad stuff and they will have plenty of dudes joining them so let's get started it's another episode of The Journey from Dude to Dad. I'm Kevin Walker. Mike Mickles with me. We're actually at Caddy's, our hot spot in Bettendorf, but it's <laughs> rather quiet today. It is very quiet, and we should let everybody know that we are social distancing. We are, we are in their back room. It's a meeting room, and we're the only two in here. Uh, so we are being cautious as we do this. But yes, it's eerily quiet inside Caddy's. When I today. first arrived, I, I beat you here by about two minutes, and I'm like, I'm not sure they're open. There's nobody here. Then I'm like, oh, no, it's just, there's just nobody here. It's COVID, and there's nobody here. So, right. yes, but we are socially distanced. We do have a Hawkeye game this afternoon, so it'll we probably do. start to fill up. I'm sure it will. Yep, yep, exactly. As football, in its weird, abbreviated way, is rolling on, this Big Ten, I mean, watching some of these Big Ten teams – I, I mean, I know you like football, too, because your kids have played football. I'm enjoying college football more this year. I'm watching games for teams I don't even care about because I feel like I just want to be entertained. Like, 2020's been so crappy, I would just... I would probably watch PBS Kids with my six-year-old more if I thought it would bring me more happiness. It's the simple things. Yeah. It really is. And I'm, I'm the same way. I'm watching football games that I never would have watched before because it seems like they're is a sense of normalcy mm-hmm. there, and I think we're all looking forward to that. You know, we're working on the holiday edition of QC Family Focus, and I'm telling everybody that I want the articles to be filled with hope or help. That's what we yeah. want. I don't want any negativity. Not that we have a lot of negativity in QC Family Focus anyway, but again, I think it's more important now than ever in the 17 years that we've been doing this publication to have this magazine and have it focus on families and talk about the positive things that are happening in the lives of families and, and the health that's out there. People need it. Not only do they need it, they want it, I think. Well, it, the example for me is I got myself all worked up when I started hearing Christmas music on the radio. Like, somehow that cheered me up. Like, I, I've been listening to Christmas music now for two weeks. And here we are in, in the holiday season early. We're right around Thanksgiving when this is being recorded. And it seems to, I mean, how many times have I heard Burl Ives or, or, or Bing Crosby, but they seem already this year to be, it just is, and either that tells me that it really works, or this year is just been so crappy that something as simple as Christmas music will cheer me up in November. Yeah, people are putting up Christmas lights. I will tell you that's one thing that the pandemic has not changed in the no, middle house. No, it hasn't. <laughs> My lovely bride and your friend, Karen Mickle, yep. still is holding fast with we will not turn on Christmas music until at least the first Friday after Thanksgiving. Well, and that's, we, uh, we actually put our tree up last weekend. We normally are the weekend of either Festival of Trees, which of course isn't happening this year, like the parade and the start, or we would do it on Black Friday. And we did it last weekend and it was fun and we did it over a couple days. And so it was like, our daughter got into it. The dog, of course, chewed a few ornaments and, and we did, we did do a tiered, if you came, if you if you came to our house right now, you would see which ornaments are valuable to me by where they're out of my tree because we have a six month old dog. So the ones on the ones on the lower that he can get to, I'm like, you know what? If we lose those, that's that's just part of the game. I'm okay. But the really important ones are high enough that nobody can touch them. Well, you know, we lost. Um, I may have addressed this during a. 
previous podcast, I don't remember, but we lost our dog of 14 years. And the family was just heartbroken because Oreo had been there for, you know, the kid's childhood and and she was definitely uh, my dog. And so it was just, the house just seemed so empty without her. So, you know, being the bright couple that we are, as we prepare to be empty nesters <laughs> with our youngest being a senior, we said, let's get a puppy. And so we got this puppy and mm-hmm. Boomer is full of energy yep. and has stolen all of our hearts. But this will be his first Christmas, and I'm very curious to see how Boomer handles Christmas trees and things like well, that. Well, if, if Kinnick is any indication of a puppy that likes a Christmas tree, I have caught him several times with the same ornament in his mouth. Again, the low-hanging one that I'm like, well, I'm only going to take it away from you because if I let you chew it, we're going to go to the vet because you're going to get some kind of shard of plastic right. or something. So I take it away. And, uh, but he, yeah, he, um, he also, so that we bought a house this year, we moved, we, we were renting, we bought a house. And one of the things my wife was excited about was there is electrical outside of the house. So we could like do a Griswold Christmas and string up, great. which we've never really done. And I'm like, great. Okay. Thank God this week when we went to do it, the outlet on the outside of the house doesn't work. I'm like, oh, we can't, I can't get on a ladder and string lights off our gutter because this outlet doesn't work. It's the only, and we were going to use it. So we have a pole in the yard that has a light on it that's lit up. It does have an electrical outlet. So in the end, we settled, instead of all of the lights and fanciness, we went and bought one of those blow-up Santas and strung some light and garland around the pole. So we, I was able to escape for A, less than $50, and B, it took me about 22 minutes to set it up instead of like three days. We went out on one of those warm days, and we threw... Mm-hmm. Um, you know those netting lights oh, yeah. over some of the the bushes, and we've got a Santa on the porch, and we've got a little Christmas tree that you stick lights through. Um, we got it. I don't know some craft show, and it's on the front porch, and we'll have a bigger Santa on the bench out there, and some lights on the shrubs. I remember that big Santa from our previous years. See, there you yeah, go. and then I. But so I kind of looked at the roof and went. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because while it's beautiful out today, I yeah. can guarantee you when we're taking them oh, down. Oh, when you take them down. No. And that was my thing. I'm like, yes, I'll, all right, I'll let, we, we're going to buy a house. You can have a puppy and we'll put up Christmas lights. And I thought, I'll just, you know, I'll get a couple of my employees to help me. I'll buy some beer. We'll hang them up. I mean, what can go wrong? Thank God that outlet doesn't work. And so next year... <laughs> I'm going to have to call an electrician because I won't get away with it next year because now I know the outlet doesn't work. I'll have to fix it for next year. Right. Because the outlet on the pole, it's just one outlet. So, I, you know, I also can't. Let's plug in six things to it and then we'll burn our house and our yard down. You know, the thing that really stinks about that is next year you're going to be older and colder than you are this it's year. True. So you have to do it. So enjoy that. Is it, well, maybe it's, maybe it's not just me then. I find that I enjoy the cold less every year. My fingers oh. are a little bit colder every oh. year. Summer, I don't mind. I'll sweat. I mean, I don't like it, but I, I would rather be hot than cold any oh, day of the too. week. Me too. And we can't really complain about the winter that we've had here in the QC. No. It's oh. been okay so far, but you know, the season is very young. so we'll, It will we'll be January things. eventually. Yeah. I mean, the 70 degree days in November have been a blessing, but and I, and I was able to get all the leaves out of my yard that I normally let sit all winter, so that was nice, but yeah, it... It will be January soon, and I it'll be single digits and wind chills, and yeah, that won't be that won't be fun. Talk to me about COVID. 
course, you've got Cam, who <sighs> going to school one day, not going to school the yep, next day. Yep. You've got your lovely wife, who is a tremendous teacher, and she doesn't know if she's going to be in the classroom or not. That, that's got to It's hard it's for her, and my wife is already a person who is a little bit apprehensive about just things that could go wrong. We're so different. I'm like... I will take that chance. I'm good. I'm fine. Is there a, there's an 8% chance I could cut myself if I do this or fall down a set of steps? I'm fine. She, I mean, of course she goes to work and she, she has to, she has, she wears the mask and she has the, the, she looks like she's in an emergency room. She has the plastic visor and stuff like that. But Camden, so far we've all been, we all have been very lucky. I finally now have experienced one of my employees has COVID and is, he's not in the, in the hospital, but he's sick. Um, and he's had a lot of problems. He's also older than us. And so he's got some preexisting conditions and it's weird to, you see stories and you see all the stories from the front lines. And I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people now that have had it. Most of them have been asymptomatic and have not had any real symptoms. So now I know somebody who's actually pretty sick. I don't know anyone that's passed away. I did, I did see the story this week on the news about, you know, my, my wife's friend, the teacher at Riverdale Heights, who almost died from it. Right. That, I mean, a woman who will readily say, I did every precaution. I masked up. I washed my hands. I distanced. I didn't hug and kiss people I didn't know. And she almost died. It is, it is, it's very sobering. And young and with young children. Yes. So it's not, you know, a lot of people say, well, you've got to have pre-existing health conditions. I think many of us believe that in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Pre-existing health conditions and you have to be older. And this young woman. It, yeah. I mean, the video of her in Iowa City at the University of Iowa Hospitals, you almost don't recognize her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. And she's on the mend now and it looks like she'll make a complete recovery. But then again, if you hear statistics and numbers... It hasn't been long enough. No one really knows if COVID patients will make a full recovery. Will there be a year from now? Will she have lung issues or will she have a cough? Or so, I mean, to answer your question directly, it is the first time since this has all happened in the last seven or eight months. We've always been cautious. I wash my hands. I have say hand sanitizer in my car. I wear a mask. I have, I mean, I got the Cubs mask today. I, you know, I, I have tons of them. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. It's the first time that I was like, Maybe we should do Thanksgiving at home. Maybe I don't mm-hmm. want to go anywhere. Uh, and, and I'm the guy that's like, I'm just going to go and be safe, and I gotta go, I'm got to going to go about my business. Now I'm like, you know what? My basement's nice. I got a big TV. I got a fridge here. I can do work from home. I, what? It's almost like at this point, having not gotten sick, why would I want to risk it? I almost... And I, and, I, and I have family members or people I know that are like, well, everyone will get it. It's herd immunity. I mean, there's so, now you're seeing so many people come out with, I mean, and a lot of it is down political lines, I think, on what they think one way or the other. I don't think anyone says COVID's not real or that it's not, you know. But for me, I'm kind of like, for the first time, I'm like, do I need to make that trip to Walmart? Can I go to Hy-Vee once this week instead of twice? Yep. It's just, I still go to work. And I still do what I have to do, but it's just for the first time now, I think I'm finding I am taking more precautions and I'm spending less time outside my house. You know, for me, it's been a kind of a, a mixed bag as well, because there again, we have QC Family Focus magazine for 17 years now. Uh, certainly not walking away from that. We feel like it's very important now. So I'm spending some time with that. I can do that from home. Mm-hmm. We have the journey from dude to dad. I can do a lot of <clears throat> that work. Well, or I can ask you to help me do a lot of that work. <laughs> yeah. and we can do that from home. Um, 
working on another documentary. I just finished one, and um, that can't be done at home. And then being the news director at Local 4 and Fox 18, I have a large number of 22 to 23-year-olds that have moved hundreds of miles away Mm -hmm. to start their career, and they've trusted us with it. Mm -hmm. And so they're here. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Anybody who watches knows that we've gotten very aggressive on our breaking news coverage. So... Uh, I'm worried about them all the time. Not only do I worry about my own children, but now I worry about my work kids. They are, uh, they're just a good group of young adults that want to do the right thing. And they're kind of out there on the front lines. And then just seeing when my wife took a picture the first day that she started doing COVID tests uh, at her work, I was, I have to say, uh, it kind of took my breath for a mm-hmm. moment. I mean, she's wearing a long sleeve shirt and then scrubs over that. And then she's wearing... Uh, gloves and then she's got a gown and then she's got a mask and then she's got a shield and I'm like it looked like something from the International Space uh-huh. Station it yeah. was just frightening to see her uh, yeah. in all that garb right yeah. now and knowing you know there again she is on the front lines mm-hmm. you know and listening to our scanner and hearing medics go out and yeah. hearing them say, this appears to be another COVID patient. Yeah. Um, and knowing that th- they know what they're getting into when they go there. It just is, you know, I can't say enough about the healthcare workers. You're right. It makes you doing. realize how much, I mean, you've done TV forever. I've done radio and, and, and you've done magazines and I've done photography. I still, see, the, the, the weird thing is with the radio stations that I deal with now and consult and program some of them are not here. Some of them are in Iowa, and I, and I deal with that. But some of them are in North Carolina. But I don't have any – I have a bunch of people who have been in it forever. So they're, they're more seasoned. You're more of, a, I think, a dad figure to your staff. My job, because of technology now, quite honestly, I can do almost all of my job in that particular business almost remotely. It's crazy. I'm really tired of Zoom calls. I'm tired of Facebook you know, Live uh, or, or, or Facebook Messenger video. It's right. – I went to Carolina for the first time in like six months because of COVID. I normally would go there like once every six weeks, spend a week with my staff and and it's right on the ocean. It's beautiful. It's kind of vacation. I didn't go for six months because my wife and I were like, there's no reason for me to travel. I can do everything from right here. But at some point you have to be in front of it. Imagine not going to channel four for six months at a time and having to talk to those people every day over the internet. Yeah, it, it. At some point it gets hard. So I enjoyed that trip a lot, but I was like, after six days, I was like, I'm ready to get the hell out of here. I'm going to go home. Rotating schedules. So yeah. I have the MMJs coming in after they've already vetted their stories, doing their stories, going out on their stories, coming back, writing it, editing it, and then leaving. You know, we're not concerned about the eight-hour day anymore. We want them to uh, provide local content and then get out of there. But I can't, you know, there's been all kinds of talk about, well, do I work from home? Do I work from... Can you realistically, could you realistically do your job from home and be as tight in as you are when you're sitting in the newsroom? With, you know, the basics... Yeah, I mean, I could have a Zoom interview with all the MMJs and the producers, and or a phone call, a Zoom call, and we could go over the stories and do mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But I can't check the emotional well-being of everyone through a Zoom. Call. Yeah, you know, I I want to be there. I want to see if there are cracks in the armor. I want to see how people are handling it. I, you know, I want them to know that I'm if we're sending them out, I'm there with them, and uh, I think that's the big. Well, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis and you hear us talk about our jobs, that's one thing that I notice you talk about almost every time we talk about your job in TV news. 
because you and I both do multiple things. We're, we're either smart like that or dumb like that. We're not really sure which, which one it is. But you constantly talk about how you feel a responsibility to your staff because most of them are in their first, second job in TV. They're under 25 for the most part. It is almost like an extension of being a parent to you versus just being a news director, like, let's go find today's story. And that's something that I consistently hear you talk about and your concern for them as human beings and not just people who are like punching the clock doing a job for you. I think it helps that I have a 22-year-old, soon to be 23-year-old in the next few weeks. And, you know, life got upended for him because of the pandemic. You know, we've talked about that in in previous podcasts where he was in Tampa. He was had a 10-month paid internship with the Rays. And three months in, they had to cancel the internship. And now he's back home and he's working here in the Quad Cities. He's doing fine. But I saw what that did for him, mm-hmm. you know, and had the excitement that he had, and he thought he was on his way. And now I have, you know, a, a group of talented young adults that, in a sense, are doing the same thing. They're pursuing their dream, and they trusted us um, with helping them launch that dream. And I just, you know, I can't go home at night and lose sight of that. Yep. That's, that's no, one that of the main sense. reasons I went back. I yeah. mean, um, that's, it's because I saw these, you know, this bright young talent and thought maybe sure. I can play a small part in getting them on the road to being, you know, strong journalists and, and living out their dreams. And I would imagine if, because I know a few of them, but I also know your other staff, I mean, your, you know, people in sports and news who are not oh. in their first jobs. I know more of those people at your TV stations, but I would imagine if we talk to those younger reporters, they would echo, I think they're very cognizant of what we're talking about. It isn't like they wouldn't say, well, I didn't realize it might like cared about me like that. I think they recognize that because when we do record podcasts in your office over there, I see them interacting with you between takes or whatever. So I think it's they from what my limited perspective. I think they rec- I think they see that. I think they understand that you're there for them as well as oh, on and on and off the TV. It's not just like all right, go home and come back tomorrow. They're easy to care about for sure. They're just genuinely good people. But you go out drinking with them. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, then yeah, I mean, then yeah. then it makes it a lot simpler. I mean, that's now let's clarify that we don't have parties. One or two will meet somewhere, <laughs> and especially in these days of COVID. We have to even be careful with that. But yeah. we we get a whole bar and we sit six feet apart and we take up the yeah. today. You could have brought the whole staff here to Caddy's and we could have like sat every five tables. I know, exactly. It's just so weird. It's so quiet. Although you notice that there are several places you could almost do a podcast on what businesses do you go into now that there's nobody in. I mean, if you go to Hy-Vee, there's always people there. But there are a lot of restaurants I go to now that I'm like, oh, you are open. I wasn't sure you're open. I haven't been here in a while. COVID has created a situation. I mean, my, I mean, to me, I'm thankful for the radio uh, consulting work I do because my main business is dead because of COVID. I mean, if I didn't have two businesses, I'd be in trouble. But luckily, I do because the, the, the DJ and the photo booth business, nobody's getting married nobody, I mean, we would do normally in December, I would do 15 or 20 holiday parties. Zero, zero. No one's, it's going to be 2022 before that industry comes back. 2021 is going to be better, I think, especially when there's a vaccine. But man, it is, there are a lot of days, I mean, I used to think that I was like overextended. Now I'm like thankful that I can do more than one thing because otherwise I would be having to get a real job. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's yeah, I, I can completely understand that. And, and, you know, and Karen still has the bounce house business and, you know, we had all the end of the year 
school parties in the area. Mm -hmm. And then we had all the beginning of the year school parties, plus the birthday parties and things like that. And that business is just, you know, it's dormant. Yeah. All these inflatable bounce houses are taking up valuable space in my garage. (laughs) As they always do. (laughs) We don't know. By by June next year, will we be back up and, you know, and running again? I don't know. But at the end of the day, I look at all those people who have been displaced from their jobs and are really struggling. And if that's the biggest impact it has on our family, then I'll you know, You're right. be thankful and I'll say I'm, we're going to make it. We'll see fine. stories on the news about you know food banks and people. I, I hate to say this, but between the two businesses, I haven't had a horrible year. We've had a bad year, but a bad year I can survive on. Right. I, I'm still a, my wife has a great job. I have a decent career. I'm able to not worry about where the next meal comes from. It is unbelievable the amount of families that, especially now that some government aid is running out and not to get political because I just, I, I hate that. But there are, with unemployment or other stuff, I'm amazed at how many people are, are you always hear like living paycheck to paycheck. COVID has created a situation with so many families that maybe mom and dad eat one meal a day because they didn't want their kids to eat. I don't. I hate to say that, but I don't. I don't have that problem, and I feel guilty sometimes that if I want to go have an apple, there's an apple in the in in the fridge. And I'm not going to complain about having to go into work. Yeah, exactly. I'm You're right. That I'm there, and I, you know, I, uh, it could be much worse. And I, you know, my heart aches for those people who are struggling. And I, one of the things that we are really trying to do at Local Four, and I will say my team has really embraced that, is find those organizations that are out there to help people in need, mm-hmm. and we're doing stories on them. So we're trying to get the word out, and I think that's important. And one of the new, you know, it used to be, as you know, we really worked on being the breaking news station in the market, and we really have become that, and I'm proud of that. But now, at every morning meeting when I'm sitting with the producers, I'm going to say, what's going to be our good news story? Because we have to have something. There has to be some of it, yeah. That might make people smile. Yep. There has to be some of it. Because there, even if you just counteract 20% with positivity, I mean, there is... Because in reality, the world is full of negativity. That's just the way it is. I mean, COVID is negative. It's a, it's a negative thing. The economy is a negative thing. The political arena is a negative thing. You just, I mean, like some kind of cooler heads prevail or a good story. Maybe that... Those good stories to me seem to be... They seem to be better than they were. They're probably not. They just, they're uplifting. Kind of like yeah. the Christmas music. Again, I don't care about Burl Ives, but I want to hear Holly Jolly Christmas. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It's just crazy. Um, you know, when we leave here, I'm going to turn it on. In my See, car. there you go. I knew you were. Karen I knew you were. You're, and then you're going to go in the driveway and say, hey, Karen, come here. I got something for you. Roll down the window and just let it blare. I forgot that she had a no Christmas mandate oh, until like, yeah, I forgot about that. She is the Grinch until the day after Thanksgiving. And then after that, oh. it's like Christmas exploded in our See, house. it's all or That's nothing. Just, yeah. yeah. she's just. If she was here, she would be proud of that too. She'd be like, I am would, the Grinch. Would, I am yeah, the she Grinch. She would own it. She would, <laughs> she would absolutely own it. In fact, somebody at her workplace tried to turn on Christmas music and another one of her coworkers yelled, no, not until after Thanksgiving. And she said, I just giggled because I thought of you. Oh, that's so funny. She, she knows she well, you let her know that I've been enjoying it for like two weeks now and see, yeah, well, see what right. she says. Well, she won't be surprised. No, she won't. She knows me. Exactly. She knows me very well. You know, at some point, I would love for other dads, you know, as we talk about this, and you talked about my connection with some of the employees and feeling like they're my news kids. Um, And I know the the pressure that can come with that, trying to Mm -hmm. make sure that everybody is safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would love to hear other dad stories about how 
COVID and this pandemic is affecting them and the extra pressure they feel. And, you know, because my kids are grown. Yeah, and, absolutely. Know, Matt's a senior in high school, and the senior year is um, moving very quickly. Very is quickly. it going by faster than you thought it would with yes. COVID? Because at least football happened. And uh, we'll take a break in a minute. We can come back and talk about football because obviously with Pleasant Valley, something happened this year with football that hasn't happened in decades. Yeah, it was and, amazing. Uh, and now we're knocking on wood. And I know this will be an unpopular comment for some, but uh, we think we might get to play basketball. And as the dad of a senior, and that senior being the baby, especially yep. of the family, I, I want to see my son out on the court. Would your opinion be different? If he was a sophomore or a junior, would you no. be like, nope, don't shut no, it down. Let's not I play. Honestly, I can't, I can't say that it would. Okay. Because I, and again, there again, I've had two other kids go through, you know, team sports. True. And I've seen the bonds that they have formed and, you know, and what it means to them years later. And so, it, you know, it, it goes beyond, you know, that, that three point basket that you made or that mm -hmm. tackle, or it, you know, it's the bond that you make and the family that you create among your teammates and it that can last a lifetime for them, and so can the memories for all of us. So yeah. we can talk more about that after a break. So you were mentioning about wanting to get stories from other dads. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at The Journey From Dude to Dad. Just send a message to us. We would love to hear. And you don't have to give us the whole story. Give us enough and, and give us a way to contact you. And we could we would love to have you on another episode. We have the ability to bring someone on via phone or Skype or whatever. Absolutely. We would like to hear other stories about do you have employees or are you a, a professor and, and you have students that, that you feel like are your kids? That's even my wife as a, as a, a IT librarian slash teacher. I think she has a personal connection to a lot of those kids because she's known them. Absolutely. I mean, she had, she, she still talks about your son, Matt. I mean, from when he was in fifth grade, you know, and what a, what a goofy kid he was and what a good natured kid he was and how polite he was and all that. And I will admit that. And I, I think I mentioned this at the last episode we did, all of your kids, anytime I see them out in public, they don't pretend they don't know me. They're polite. Like I was at, I, I was at uh, Jimmy John's, and this maybe it had to have been a foot a Friday because he was wearing his 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 uniform. His and there's like 15 other kids in there, and I'm just in line. And as I walk out, he he knows I'm there. And as I walk out, he's like, "Hey, Kevin, how are you?" It was just funny because a lot of high school kids would never ever talk to an adult when all their peers are around. We always said if they're going to be punks, let them be punks at home, but they better be polite when they're in public. And so far, that seems to be working. They yeah. certainly have the punk at home part down. <laughs> I think they got the polite out. <laughs> so if you want, send us a send us a story. Yeah. You can message us at the Journey from Dude to Dad either on Facebook or Instagram. We're also on Twitter. Yep. You can also go to the, you know what? They could go to the website and send us a message, but it's probably easier to go to the social media because it's I so easy to click it. and go. They can record a voice memo and, and send it to us as well. That's true. Absolutely. All right. We'll be back. It's the journey from dude to dad. As we are live at Caddy's, I kind of feel like we're in our own personal private space today. All five of us today. Yeah, really. Including the bartender. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. We'll get back next on the journey from dude to dad. QC Family Focus Magazine, the December slash holiday edition is available now. You can find it online at at QCFamilyFocus.com. iSurgeons Associates, RIA Federal Credit Union, both have stories and tips on how you can survive and enjoy the holidays, and there's so much more in this holiday edition of QC Family Focus magazine, online at QCFamilyFocus.com. 
Welcome back. It's another episode of The Journey from Dude to Dad. It's kind of like our pre-holiday edition here. It is. I'm Kevin Walker. He's Mike Mickle. So something happened this year at Pleasant Valley High School that hasn't happened in a long time, and, and your youngest son got to be a big part of it. Yeah, more than 20 years, as a matter of fact, since they went to the Dome for state playoffs. And so that was huge, especially this year, not even knowing if we would have a football season. And then, you know, getting to see, even though it was a shortened season, supposed to be, because they kept winning, Yep, it ended up being a longer season than we had, we had thought you know, and to be honest with you, if a year ago you would have said you're going to have a shortened football season, I would have, I would have gone nuts. But I wasn't yeah. realistic about that. But you know, this year, knowing how everything was going, I was just thankful for every game and every moment that I saw him on the field. Well, by the time you get into the playoffs, every game could be the last game, and right. they kept winning, and and they they had a great season. I thought, wow, what if they go to the dome and they end up winning the state championship in a year? that is like just all off and COVID related, but even to get to the semifinals and to only lose one game all season. And, and let's be honest, the team you guys ran into oh, powerhouse. Yeah, they, I mean, powerhouse. they could beat some small colleges probably. Yep. They, um, yeah, they were extremely good. I can't take anything away from them. Do I think overall, maybe our boys could have done some things differently? Sure. But it's easy yeah. to be, you know, the backseat driver. Uh, those boys played their heart out. And yep. they didn't just play for themselves. They played for each other. And I think that was uh, just incredible to watch. One of the kids had been part of a, a national football experience thing down in Texas. And yeah. he told his mom when we were – heading into uh, the playoffs, this game is more important to me than going to Texas and being Hmm. that one was. And she said, okay, well, why is that? He said, because I played with some of these boys since I was four years old. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, it goes beyond the field. It does. They, you're right. And, and that's one thing. And I know, I know Bettendorf and some of the, and assumption do the same thing, but PV keeps those kids. There's a core of kids that you're right. They play together for 10 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It is special. You know, and it's, uh, of course, when Kyle went through like his last senior night for Kyle at basketball, the Mickles were a mess. Let me tell you. And so everybody, <laughs> no, said, oh, shut up. That's never happened. Not audience participation. There's two things. Time. There's Stop two it. things that we know about you. One, you are emotional, and two, this is a behind the scenes thing. Every time we record a podcast, Mike's like, "All right, I need another beer," and it's not really we need another beer. It's I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. Yes, I did. But I kind of blame you. I wasn't really thinking about that when I stood up. And then you put the thought See, in my exactly. mind. See, exactly. So like, I had to immediately go there. So that's really your fault. All right. I'll, I'll take the blame. Let's just clarify emotional. Yes, I'm a sappy dad for sure. But so am I. And I, have make no, I make no apologies for that. I would rather, because I know so many dads, and it's not like it was 30 years ago where dads were not supposed to show any emotion. Yeah. I mean, thank God my dad did show emotion mm-hmm. and some a little bit of like actual tenderness and love i mean i think that carries over and having two girls i don't think i could not be that way i think if i it'd be different if i had a son and could be like look you know let's let's play some football i mean tough it up sucker but it's like now i'm like you look really pretty in that dress she's devastated we're not going to like festival of trees this year and and sugar plum and all that stuff and i'm like all right well you're only six. We have m- many more years. Had, yeah, you're right. I had Kate in the middle, so I had you know I got to enjoy having you know this beautiful girl, and then 
and then the tough boys that like to play sports and stuff like that. And it was cool. And, it, you know, um, th my team knows me so well there that they were actually taking a poll in the newsroom as to uh, what percentage of chance I had of making it through senior night. Uh, without, without crying? Without <laughs> tears. And zero. Nobody, nobody voted in my – it was less than zero. See? That's what they – yeah. you know what? And we did. Karen and I made it. Did you really? Yeah. And then – we got to state, and you know, we got to the playoffs. I'm like, okay, I'm still okay. So now I'm still I don't okay. because uh, Kyle. I mean, they made playoff runs, but they never made it to the dome. So how weird was it? It's not like you've never been in the Uni Dome before, but what was that experience like to watch them? I mean, because again, it's like, well, we're going to limit to 2,400 people, so it wasn't like there was a as big a crowd as there could have been. But what was it like watch your kid run out on the field at the Uni Dome in that game? It's you know, I can forget what I had for breakfast. I'll never forget that moment. That's just yeah, yeah. that's how it is, and it's very much like when Kyle went two years in a row to state in basketball. Yes, and watching those boys who You're again right. had grown. You remember being at Wells Fargo, so, watching them come on the court, yeah, and, was, and you're right. And I'll never forget that. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. So then they were all betting against me on the last game if I would make it through that. I made it just fine. Thank you very much. And then fast forward to last week, uh, and you can probably help me with this, Mr. Radio, Radio DJ. I think it's a Kenny Chesney song. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, and I'm driving to Mr. Work. Country. <laughs> and uh, I heard the boys a fall. Oh yeah, yeah, that is Kenny Chesney. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. So yep, at least exactly. I, uh, I'm fairly certain. The people who were coming, meeting me was, as I was driving through that neighborhood, probably thought I'd been shot. <laughs> it's just for whatever reason. At that moment, all that season just kind of came. You back need tinted like, windows in your in your car. That's what you, you need. Tint the windows. Although now it doesn't matter. You're not any more kids to send I through do, sports. But you're in the back seat. What difference? Yeah, that, that, that doesn't do any good. I know. I I don't know who designed it like that. That's funny. I bought it, so I must have. Okay, so now this. I mean, this. I don't think this is necessarily a tough question, but did it make it any easier that the game? was lopsided to lose or if they had lost a game 16 to 14 would it have been tougher yes and no I mean there was part of it that I think it kept us from being the parents in general from being more emotional if it had come down to the last play yeah I think it probably would have been a tougher loss at some point you just go well crap okay I guess we'll just finish this well one. yeah at some point you're like okay we have to eat dinner and we got to drive 120 miles home exactly you know yeah. but we're gonna stop in Cedar Rapids for dinner or are we eating in Cedar Falls I mean yeah. they did hold their own it's not like they did hold their own I mean the team they played just incredible offensive team they were they were incredible and i will say too that you know part of that for me was with um with matt my my because i remember kyle coming mm -hmm. home after his last ever high school sure. football game and a kid that just doesn't really show emotion i could tell that he was choked up and i thought at that point i'm just saying okay give me the words that i need to be able to give to matt to make him feel better about this yeah well i think they all went in the locker room and they got rid of the emotions there Okay, they, and so by the time they came back out, they were just kind of grinning, and he said, "What else can you do?" That's cool. After a butt whooping like that, yeah, but that's cool though. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You got to hand it to the team that beat you at that point. For us, so. yeah. well, that's actually kind of cool because, uh, as opposed to lingering for if you had lost on a last second field goal and your son is still unhappy seven days later, yeah. they had a great season and they played well. And I mean, let's be honest if you're if you're a Pleasant Valley parent. What's more, what actually was a more of a highlight of the season? Going to the Dome or your 
pretty much handling of Bettendorf during the season yeah. in football. I mean, you know what I mean? And I think it, you know me well enough to know what against that was. a team was, that yeah. is traditionally. Well, let's be Dominant. honest. I mean, yeah. if if it's not Rock Island. Bettendorf and Rock yeah. Island are considered the best football programs in the Quad Cities. Yep. And PV this year took care of business. Twice. Yes. That's what I mean. Each so. time, the game was close, but not close enough that it was probably right. ever really in doubt. Felt good. But, you know, now I have to jump in and say that we have, we have close friends whose sons are on that team. And seeing their sons crying yeah. at the end of that playoff game – that was tough too, you know. I, we care about those kids. We care about their parents, and so there again. So you weren't sending out any text messages as soon as the nope. game was over. You're like, <laughs> no, got you, not good. that guy. <laughs> Karen on. did that. I mean, come on. <laughs> Karen's like, I told you we'd get you again. <laughs> I, I think she was saying that as she was walking out of the stadium and laughing. But that has to be satisfying. Me. I mean, Bettendorf is an great. incredibly great program and consistently one of the best in the state. Yeah. And to beat them twice in the same year, to me. Being having a wife who's in the PV system, I feel like I'm a Spartan, even though I didn't go there. Um, that has to be satisfying, yeah. really satisfying. I mean, granted, nobody except the eventual state champion wins their last game, so they represented themselves well. They played a great season. There's no, I mean, Jason Vice is a friend of mine, offensive lineman coach. Yeah. He's like, you know, let's be honest, we had a great season. It we exceeded expectations. It's a great season. You know that he. He and I think I told Rusty Van, you know, at least four times during the season, thank you for fighting for the yeah. boys for this opportunity. Thank you for letting this happen for them and for us. I can't say enough about mm-hmm. the, the coaching staff there. Not just football, but basketball, which we have experienced as well. Swim with Kate. Um, and just the school district in general. No, absolutely. Yeah. It was it was a neat season. Now, is Matt super excited about basketball, assuming that – Assuming that with COVID that basketball really happens? He, you know, yeah. I think he's still so sore. And, again, going from yeah. football conditioning to basketball conditioning, he, he's a tired puppy. I mean, he's, you know, he's, having <laughs> to, he's having to do some things that he hasn't done for a while. So, he, uh, yeah. I think his mom is most happy about the fact that now that the football season's over, he's going to go get his hair get a haircut. Today. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because a little well, superstitious and thought, no, I can't his hair. Well, and the last time I saw him was almost a month ago, and it was super, like you know, surfer guy long. He may get that from his dad, not the hairstyle, but the superstitious part. I sure. wore the same jeans and the same shirt and the same shoes to all the playoff games because I just knew that if I changed, sure, yeah, yeah, that it was going to mean something bad for us. I get that. I mean, everyone's got their own little thing that you do that people think are quirky. I mean, I get that. Yeah. My wife and I had the same stuff. I mean, I get it. So I, I, I totally get it. Not having, I mean, my older daughter didn't play sports. She was always in like band or so, or, or in theater or, you know, whatever. So I never had to worry. I didn't wear the same outfit to the, you know, to the, the, the mock trial debates. I was like, <laughs> you know, so I didn't have to worry about, it. I'm just doing it for good luck, honey. I'm wearing the same t-shirt. So, I mean, I, but I, re, I can totally get that. You just watched it and said, I'm glad this is a mock trial, and I'm glad I'm not a Exactly. I'm glad this is so just yeah. mock trial, exactly. quote unquote. So, no, I totally get that. Yep. Oh, no, goodness. absolutely. All so, right, if you dance. want to share a story yeah. about yes. you know, earlier, before the break, we had talked about uh, you know Mike's connection with some of his employees. If you have a connection with, with some of the people that work for you, or you're a teacher, and you just feel that you're more of a parent to them that you would normally see, share it with us on our Facebook page or Instagram page. Absolutely. We appreciate your input, and we're just glad that you're taking the journey with us. Absolutely. New to Dad.
There you go. We'll be back with another episode very quickly. Have a great holiday. Have a safe holiday. I mean, it's almost like now, if you don't say be safe, you're like irresponsible, even though everyone's already like trying to be safe. Be safe and be well. Those are a couple of things that I didn't use that, that often until a few months ago. And now yeah. I end almost every email, and I say that to a lot of people as well. All right, so where can they find us online? They can find us online everywhere, can't they? It's Journey Pretty to much. Dad. That's the number two. JourneyToDad.com is our website. But then we're also on Facebook, and we're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram. And, you know, you guys are kind of teaching me some of this Instagram stuff. Great. My kids have told me to stay away from that. They don't want me on any They don't want you Facebook, following them. That's why. They don't, want, they don't exactly want you to see it. what they're doing. Yeah. My daughter's the same way. She hasn't blocked me yet. I'm surprised. I follow Follow all of the things that are going on in Chicago at Loyola University by watching her on Instagram. And then I will be like, hey, that Halloween costume might have been a little bit inappropriate. Oh, dad. Oh, well, no wonder. You're that dad. Yeah, You're exactly. that dad. I try not to be, but it's hard. It's well, almost impossible. Something else I would love for other dads to weigh in on is if they get that kind of grief from their kids. And the one thing that the, all three of the Mickle kids stood in front of me and said, you, because some of their friends... Um, showed me how to get on Snapchat. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you are not going to be on Snapchat. Yeah, so. that's yeah. I, I there, avoid Snapchat. I'm just, I don't even want to bother with Snapchat or TikTok. I don't care. Well, can I? Yeah. I can see you being what a TikTok a way to guy. End this I podcast. can see you being a TikTok guy. That would just be the, oh, yeah. that would be the perfect. I got TikTok written all over me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And even Snapchat. Oh. I'm like, that's just, it's one thing if I want to yeah. respond to a text message or post something on Facebook in an hour, but Snapchat, I feel like I'd be, I'd, I'd yeah, it's, that's, yeah, that's, it's, that's it's too, too immediate, to too much for me. That quickly. But we digress, so. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Quite the journey is. Isn't it, folks? Absolutely. Find us online, on Instagram, <laughs> everywhere, social media. We'll be back with another episode soon from the journey from dude to dad. And there you have it, another installment of the journey from dude to dad. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out the journey from dude to dad on Facebook or journey to dad on Instagram. And last but not least, check out our video blog at journeytodad.com. <laughs>